like to turn to 1 Samuel and chapter 3 for our first scripture tonight. 1 Samuel chapter 3 and we'll begin reading uh, in verse 1 here. Uh, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was and Samuel was laid down to sleep. So uh, there's a time in Israel here which uh, um, the word of God really isn't <laughs> openly accepted or openly preached in that way. Um, and so much so that Eli... Uh, whose main responsibility was to keep these things going and, and, and particularly the, the lamp of God, he's, uh, he's let it go out. And so it wasn't a good time in Israel at, at this point. Now, but we keep on reading in verse 4, that the Lord called Samuel and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I called not, lie down again. And he went and lay down. I should put out this at this time, just previously in these couple of chapters, which we went through in, my, uh, in the house meeting on, on Friday, um, the story of how Samuel came to be in the house of the Lord as well. And we don't particularly know the age that he was, but he certainly came to the house of God and started worshipping there and being involved in these things at an incredibly young age, uh, as in like around two years old type young age, which is quite phenomenal. But um, his mum, Hannah, had made this vow unto God and she kept a vow as well. So anyway, Samuel was, I guess, used to some of these things and he would have been used to taking his instruction um, from Eli at this time. So verse 6, And the Lord called out yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood and called his other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel. And it goes on to to talk about all those things there, the incredible things, how God was going to use Samuel uh, and use him in this way. And Samuel certainly uh, saw a lot of transitions in his time, in his service to the Lord. Uh, he saw a couple of kings come and go. He saw great miracles happen uh, at the hand of the Lord, and, and he was a part of that there. But the, I guess what I want to take out of this uh, particular story here is that uh, at a time where there was a lot of darkness, uh, not only literally but certainly spiritually as well, um, and we certainly see from the the lack of Eli's understanding that there wasn't this recognition of God calling early on. And it took three times before Eli realized that uh, Samuel was being called of the Lord. And uh, Samuel was faithful all those times, praise the Lord. Uh, and eventually the fourth time, there, he, uh, once he was understanding in these things, he responded to the Lord and the Lord started to use Samuel. And it was an incredible thing. And I guess uh, part of what I want to talk about tonight is... Um, 
recognizing the voice of God. Um, don't write that as a title, not yet. Um, understanding the voice of God and then using or, or putting into action the things that we hear from God. So there's a few things that I want to work through there. I guess uh, part of uh, Samuel's understanding at that time would have been a whole lot of traditions. It would have been, well, we do this at this time and we do that at that time and I follow this and I do what they say and I, you know, all those sorts of things that happen. But after he understood where the true voice was, where his obedience should be lying, he started to obey and hear the truth. And I know that's Brother Nichols' testimony and Anthea as well, when maybe they were brought up and certainly my father-in-law as well in the Greek Orthodox Church, there can be a lot of traditions and there's a lot of churches out there that have a lot of traditions when the instruction is to follow after God. And praise the Lord, when we recognize the voice of God, he gives us this clear instruction that we can follow after and there's great blessing that comes from it in those times. I guess the hearing can be difficult at times. Uh, in this day and age, it talks about, I guess, a lot of noise and a lot of distraction. Uh, you can have your phone on 24-7. You can have a, a laptop. You can have an iPad. You can have Netflix going. Uh, you've got work and you've got emails. Uh, maybe you've got children. You've got family. I won't say husband and wife because that ends in arguments. You've got all this noise going on that can, I guess, drown out what the truth is. And we know that when God speaks to us, it's very clear and it doesn't change, praise the Lord. We know it's consistent there, but it can take some time to actually just be aware these are the things that God is saying to me and I need to pay attention and I need to listen. We think about Elijah um, when he thought he was all by himself and he went and hid in a cage, a cage, in a cave, probably felt like a cage at times, and uh, the Lord called him and said, what are you doing? And he said, I'm here by myself and I've done all this sort of things. And there was a, a great wind that passed by and there was an earthquake that went and happened and uh, rocks falling around all over the place in a great fire. But where God was, was in the still small voice. That's the thing that he had to pay attention to. We think about even going into the New Testament uh, where Peter had a vision about the Gentiles receiving the wonderful gospel of Jesus Christ that went out. And um, even Paul's conversion there, you know, when he was blinded on the road and he had to, I guess, all those other senses were taken away, his hearing would have been increased and he would have had to really listen and probably more importantly, he would have had to listen inside to all those things that were, uh, I guess, of a conflict to him because the scriptures talk about how much he was kicking against the pricks or being convicted and then trying to fight it. But being attentive to the things of the Lord, it can take a little bit of time. Being attentive to the things of the Lord requires that we have an understanding of spiritual things. And praise the Lord, God's faithful and God's merciful and he's patient towards us that we might be able to respond especially before the days of Jesus Christ coming back. We know that feels like it's going to be soon and the scriptures talk about that thing. But now we have this responsibility to hear what God is saying to us. So how do we make sure that we're in a position to hear? How do we make sure that we are ready to take on board what God's telling us? How do we make sure that we understand these wonderful principles that God gives us, the direction that he gives us and the guidance that he gives us? Let's go over to James in chapter 1, shall we, in the New Testament. 
James chapter 1. I want to start talking about understanding the things that we hear. And just one scripture at this time, uh, and we know that all, all the things written in the word are, uh, for us, for encouragement and exhortation. And it's just, it's really one scripture here, which is, I guess, if anything in our walk in the Lord, or maybe we, we don't have a walk with the Lord yet, with Jesus Christ, and that's something that we want to have. But we read here in James chapter one and verse five, it says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given to him. And it gives a, a reminder there that we ask in faith, not not wavering, not being tossed to and fro, but we have this confidence because we know that God is true and that God is faithful. So we can pray for wisdom and we can pray for understanding. We can pray that we recognize the things of God and we pray that we can recognize what he is telling us. And hallelujah, we have the word of God. You know, all these pages here. Hallelujah, we have signs, wonders and miracles in our life that we can recognize. And all these things start to match up and they don't disagree with each other, but rather they agree with each other. So then we know that it is the things that God is saying to us. We think about Solomon. When uh, God said to him, what do you want? I'll, I'll give you, uh, you, you can ask anything. And he said, um, give your servant an understanding heart, which is an incredible prayer to have at that time. Uh, I'm not sure I would have been even that wise. <laughs> uh, I don't know what I would have asked for. Um, I would like to think that I'd ask for the same thing, but he asked for an understanding heart and particularly into judging and ruling over God's people there. And so Solomon made this incredible prayer and God was faithful to that prayer and gave him an incredible heart that understood and was wise and had that great understanding about wonderful principles that, um, you know, it says there that, that no one else came close to in terms of wisdom. Let's just look over here in James in chapter 3 in verse 17. And we remind ourselves here that, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. So we understand that wisdom and understanding comes from above and it's pure. That it, that it's, it's not something that is going to be, uh, there's this type of wisdom over there. And if, so if you want to be a part of that group over there, then you, you, you follow after that wisdom. And then there's this type of wisdom over there and you follow after that wisdom. There is only this pure wisdom that comes from above and that comes from God. And so when we ask of God to be able to understand and to follow after him and that we might, uh, I guess, have this wise heart that God is faithful and he gives us these things. Let's go to Proverbs. Keep the pages moving here. Proverbs in chapter 4. Just a few scriptures here reading uh, in verse 5. We'll start in verse 5, I should say, get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Well, Solomon was receiving instruction at this time. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. 
Verse 8 now, exalt her and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. And she shall give uh, to thine head an ornament of grace and a crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. So we have this, I get this understanding that wisdom is a beautiful thing. Wisdom is um, something that gives back. And I guess the, the closer that we draw to wisdom and also that reminder there of wisdom and understanding, that it, it gives us these incredible fruits back of the things, you know, it gives us honor, it gives us uh, a peace, it gives us um, safety, it gives us surety, it gives us all these things. And so to follow after wisdom is actually a really smart move to make. We just keep on going over to verse 20 as well, same chapter. My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And so we have this encouragement here also to listen. And it's not just, I guess, uh, yes, I've heard that, but rather to listen and to understand, to realize the things that are being said. It requires us to remain focused. It requires us to be in tune always. And those are things that that we have to work on. Sometimes it's a little bit harder. Sometimes it's a little bit easier. But we know how easy it can be. Um, I've got two sons. Both of them think they're the adults, as we know young children come on to do, and I, hopefully they're in bed now so they're not going to hear this at all. Um, I've got one, Leo, who's five and a half years old, and he'll often say to me, I know, I know, I know, but he doesn't actually do anything <laughs> that I've asked him to do. Okay, that's normal, you know, that's kids, and maybe that's a little bit on me. Maybe I've got to be a better teacher and, and to talk about those sort of things. I've got another son who's a year and a half old, was bossing me around tonight when I got home from work. He's like, put your bag there, you know, put your dishes up in the sink over there, you know, all right, do this, do that. Sometimes, even when we're older, we have to listen. <laughs> Sometimes we're forced to listen, but, um, but listening is a good thing because in amongst listening, we really start to gain an understanding of what's really important for the person that's speaking to us. And obviously that's that's pretty clear understanding, I guess, and, and we realize that when speaking to people, the more that we can listen, uh, the more we learn of them, um, and maybe we have a better understanding of how that we can help that person. But when we're talking about listening to God, the more we listen to him, the more we're going to understand what he wants from us. And uh, the first thing is that you'll be saved. The first thing is that you would have salvation with God. And we know the, the price that he paid, he gave his son, uh, that our sins would be washed away uh, and that we would be cleansed from from all that bad stuff and be set free. That's the, and, the, and the first thing that he wants from us is to be obedient unto his son, that we might be, uh, I guess, repentant of our own life, old life, that we might uh, get baptised, which is... A symbolic of burying that old life and that God might come into our life and that we might be filled with the Holy Spirit 
And as the Bible talks about with signs following, speaking in other tongues. And so we have these incredible signs that can happen in our life that we know when we're truly listening to God because we've been obedient unto his word. And he proves that because he comes into our life. Hallelujah. Let's go to Ephesians in chapter 1. Please. Uh, Just, I guess, uh, a couple of meanings. Johnny Van de Giesen, he loves his dictionary meanings, so I thought I'd better make sure I'm doing some as well. And Graham loves... I think he, I think he reads through the dictionary just in his, uh, in his own time there, Graham Manning. And he's not here to defend himself, so. <laughs> but hearing is the faculty of perceiving sounds, which is basically these things. You know, it's using your ears to perceive what is going on. But then moving on from that, we have wisdom, which is the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. And then we move into understanding, or to understand, is to perceive the intended meaning. And understanding is the ability to understand something. So all these things, they clearly actually work quite nicely together. Where you hear something, you're perceiving the sound. You get this experience, I guess, by learning and by growing and starting to understand. And then understanding itself is perceiving the intended meaning. And so when we're talking about these things from the Word of God or hearing what God is saying to us and understanding those things, we really have to take the time to really dive into it and perceive what He's saying to us. It can't just be a a flippant thing that just passes us by, but we really have to take it to heart. And not only for ourselves, I'm nowhere near Ephesians, not only to take it to ourselves, but also for other people. Let's read here Ephesians in chapter 1, and we'll read in verse 17. Um, before here, Paul's making this prayer that he that he ceases not to give thanks for this group of people. And in verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us ward, who believe according to the working of his mighty power. There's wonderful promises there that I guess um, we can take on for ourselves. But as Paul was praying for the other saints here that he was writing to, we also could have that same prayer towards our brothers and sisters, towards those that are of a like mind, that we would pray for them that they would recognize God's wisdom, that they would recognize his glory, that they might come to the same understanding as maybe we have with signs following in our own life. Uh, Let's go to Matthew in chapter 13. This is taken from Isaiah, actually, as it turns out, but I just want to read it from here and then uh, we'll read it in John as well. It just says uh, Matthew 13 and verse 13. Uh, therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing, this is Jesus speaking at the time, because they seeing, see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, or Isaiah, which saith, by hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. 
For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their uh, ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see and have not seen them, and hear those things which you hear and have not heard them. So we are in a really blessed position here because we have responded to the things of God. And we want to make sure that we don't get, um, I guess, caught up in the distraction of this world, in the distraction of our own life and the various things that can happen here, there, that all of a sudden we start to not hear and not see the things of God, that we start to be closed off to those things. We want to have that heart that is ready to accept anything that God wants to show us. Now, I also want to read this over in John, in chapter 12. Just turn there. It's very similar, but it just brings out a couple of other points. John chapter 12 and verse 37 um, but though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him, that the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spoke, Lord, who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe, because Isaiah said again, he hath blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, that they should not see with their eyes, nor understand with their heart, and be converted, and I should heal them. These things said Isaiah when he saw his glory and spake of him. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also, many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. And this is incredibly dangerous. It's incredibly dangerous for anyone, I guess, that we would lower God below the thoughts of other people. What we should be doing is lifting God up. His, his thoughts, his voice, everything that he instructs us, us to do should be far above anybody else's thoughts and imaginations, voice, understanding, perceived wisdom. It should be God that we listen to. And we know that at times that there was many people here who recognized the power of Jesus Christ. They recognized that what he say, he was saying was true. But they allowed their own thoughts to get in the way. They allowed their own ego and pride to get in the way. Maybe they were too afraid to actually respond and change direction. But we know that when we follow after God and we sacrifice our own life and and push aside all our own thoughts, that there is incredible blessing there. And it's not necessarily in the life that we live here now, although there is, but in the life to come where Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us. He's told us such things. And to be ruling and reigning with him, as the scriptures talks about, to be living with him, I'd much rather listen to his words than to anybody else's. And uh, sometimes that's something that we have to pray about. Sometimes it's something that we just have to uh, spend time, more time with God, reading the word and praying in the Holy Spirit than we do anything else. Because then it drowns out all that rubbish, and we can focus on the truth. Revelation chapter 2 and 3, don't turn there, reminds the church over and over and over and over again. It says it word for word, seven times, 
He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. It's pretty clear that like there's no confusion in amongst that. He said it to every single church, but he's told them that, I guess, he, now he says he that has an ear. Now you can take it lots of ways, I guess, but it's almost like it's singular. You only need to listen to that one thing. You don't need to take in all these sorts of things. You only need to listen to that one thing. We got two ears. We know that. We only need one to listen to the word of God because that both of them should be acting as one and they should, we should be able to respond after the things of God. And praise the Lord, there is no confusion. When we follow after God, when we line up the things that we hear with the word of God, when we spend time in prayer about it, it becomes very, very clear the course of action that we should take. All right, just a couple of scriptures to finish up. Um, Hebrews 3 talks about us hearing his voice. Um, today, if you hear his voice, that's what the scriptures say. And so I guess it calls us that we should respond now. It's not something that we should go, oh, yeah, I've heard that. Let me just write it down and I'll come back to it in a year's time. I'll go put it in my Google calendar. I'll put an alert so I don't forget about it and uh, I'll get there eventually. Today, if you hear his voice, respond. There's there's that warning there to make sure that we do it urgently. There's also a warning at the end of Malachi. I'm just going to read this one. Malachi chapter 2 and verse 2, it says, If you will not hear and if you will not lay it to heart, to give glory unto my name, says the Lord of hosts, I will even send a curse upon you. Um, and that curse ultimately is death. And we've been promised freedom. We've been promised life that's everlasting. And it's those things that we need to be working towards. And in our life, we, we have many, many challenges that come against us. Uh, we're in the middle of one. Hopefully the tail end of one right now, this COVID where I guess there's isolation, maybe it's loss of work, um, maybe you've got COVID yourself, you know, that is, there's lots of challenges that can come upon you. And it's not that it's any different from the rest of life. You still have all of those challenges, um, that can face us, but maybe it's just been squished into a smaller time frame. But we have, I guess, a, a responsibility just to take time to make sure that we're hearing what God is saying to us. Two more scriptures. Hebrews in chapter 2. Turn there, Hebrews in chapter 2. And just this wonderful encouragement here in verse 1. Now, therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which as first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him, God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Something we need to pay attention to when we hear the word of God, when we hear the things that he says, his voice, that we respond to them and that he responds in like manner because he bears witness with signs, wonders and miracles in our own life. James in chapter 1, just to finish up. Of course, hearing is fantastic. Hearing is wonderful. Many people don't hear at all. 
they choose to cut it off. We already talked about those scriptures there and uh, while they might even see, they choose not to look or understand or take it in. And so hearing also requires something else and it's action. So let's read that here. James chapter 1 and verse 19. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, which is pretty hard for a lot of people in this day and age as well. Everyone's got an advice, you know. They've got a comment that they can make, but the word of God encourages here. Be quick to hear, but keep your mouth shut. Verse 20. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in a glass or in a mirror there. So we have this warning when we hear the things that God is saying to us, let's respond to it. And let's respond, I guess, with enthusiasm, with enthusiasm that we might, um, be excited by the things that we've heard, realizing it's come from God, that we're ready to respond. And often that means that we're going to have to change or we're going to have to react or maybe it's going to have to, you know, improve some aspect of our life, spiritually, especially correct an attitude or a thought or the way that we're behaving. And when we do it with humility, realizing the grace that God's thrown us, there is incredible blessing there. And praise the Lord, God is patient and he's merciful. I can testify to that. Um, And if we're ready to hear what he has to say to us, there's only incredible blessings to follow. All the people's there. 